Welcome to Coffee and Conversations with Lakeisha. We're glad you've joined us today. Get ready for some kingdom conversation. Now here's your host, Lakeisha M. Johnson. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you, Lord. Good morning. Hey, Frida. Coming after me, my God. There's no you won't kick down, lie you won't tear down. Coming after me. Yeah. Good morning. How y'all doing? Coming after me. 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 You better make that personal. There's no wall you won't kick down. Coming after me. That's how important you are to God. Ever-ending, reckless love of God. Come on now. He'll leave the 99 for me. Glory to God. Deserve it. Give your way. The overwhelming Reckless love, my God, my God. That is just my song lately. Um, that's Corey Asbury. Uh, Israel Houghton did a version of it as well. That's Reckless Love, and that song reminds me every time about how recklessly God loves us. And a reckless love looks completely different than most of us know. A reckless love is without boundaries. A reckless love is without parameters. A reckless love just doesn't care. A reckless love is anyway, anyhow, I'm going to get to you. And God has just began to love. He's always loved us recklessly to the point that he sacrificed his son for our behalf. Like he came in human form on this earth. Do you realize, come on, Holy Spirit, that Jesus suffered 
for us. Do you realize he walked the earth? He's, he knows everything you suffered, everything you've been through. He's been through that. He took on physical pain just to prove to you his dying love for you and that this was how much he loved you. And sometimes that can be inconceivable. And sometimes that doesn't make a whole lot of sense, but that is the capacity in which God loves us. And that right there is enough for me just to worship him. He stood in my place. What should have been an eternal death, which should have been some turmoil, which should have been uh, a place where I couldn't overcome and make it. Jesus stood in my place. And just bet, just on that, just on that, I bet on God any day. Just, just on that, I will bet on God anyway. I'll put my money, I'll put my life on God. I'll put my wager on God because I know the goodness of God just through Jesus. Well, welcome to Coffee and Conversations with Lakeisha. It's your girl, LMJ, and it is a beautiful Tuesday morning. Ladies, don't forget tonight we have ladies Bible study. I'm so excited. We're on the power of our words. If you've never been, why don't you come out and hang out with us tonight? It's at 1501 Main Street um, and God just meets us there. And then for those of you that can't get there, who are not local, but who happen to be in other cities and states, we have the online devotional and you can connect to us via the online devotional as well. I just want you to get connected to what God is doing. Oh my gosh, in our lives, he has been growing us up so much. He has been teaching us to put a guard over our mouth. He's been giving us wisdom, knowledge, and understanding we need for every relationship, not allowing us to continue to be foolish. And we've just been able to tap into all the different books and all the different things um, that have been resources and tools and wisdom. God has been showing me how he gives divine inspiration so that he can encourage the next generation and so that we can be in the right place with him. Let's pray this morning. Let's get ready to pray and then let's get in the word today. Um, and I'm going to read Psalms 91 over you first. <laughs> And then we'll pray. And you know, I always encourage you when we're reading Psalms 90, what, what should you do? Insert your name in this. Put your name in this. Don't just leave this like it's David reading this Psalms. Put your name in this. Make the word personal. Act as if the Lord is speaking directly to you. It says, it says those, my version says those. It's in some versions it says he, I always say Lakeisha, who lives in the shelter of the Most High will find rest in the shadow of the Almighty. This I declare about the Lord. He alone is Lakeisha's refuge, her place of safety. He is my God and I trust him. For he will rescue Lakeisha from every trap, protect Lakeisha from every deadly disease. He will cover you with his feathers. He will shelter you with his wings. His faithful promises are your armor and your protection. Do not be afraid of the terrors at night. That means you should not be worried about anything that can go on at night. Do not dread the disease that stalks in darkness. That means when they start talking to you about Ebola and staff and all these other things and plagues, you should say, absolutely not. Do not dread the disease that stalks in darkness, nor the disaster that strikes at midday. Though a thousand fall at your side, though 10,000 are dying around you, these evils will not touch you. Just open your eyes and see how the wicked are punished. 
If you make the Lord your refuge, if you make the most high your shelter, no evil will conquer you. If you make the most high your shelter, no evil. It didn't say some evil. It didn't say partial evil. It said no evil will conquer you. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. It says for he will order his angels to protect you wherever you go. They will hold you up with their hands so you won't even hurt your foot on a stone. You will trample upon lions and cobras. You will crush fierce lions and serpents under your feet. The Lord says, I will rescue those who love me. I will protect those who trust in my name. When they call on me, I will answer them. I will be with them in trouble. I will rescue and honor them. I will reward them with a long life and give them my salvation. And I told you guys that David was a minstrel and I gave you a definition for a minstrel and how God will give the minstrel through Psalms an encouraging word or a prophetic word or something that just simply says, trust me. So David is saying here, the Lord says, I'll rescue those who love me. If you love me, I'm going to rescue you. I'm not going to leave you in a trap. I'm not going to leave you in a snare. I'm not going to leave it. leave you in a situation in which I'm not with you or the angels don't go before you. I'm not going to call you to something and I not be there for you. So let's pray. Father God, we just want to bless your name. We just want to praise you. We just want to magnify you. We just want to glorify you today, Lord God. Father God, first of all, I pray for the salvation of your people, Lord God. I thank you today. They are hungering and thirsting after you like never before. I pray for the peace of your people. I pray for the sanctification of your people. I pray for the joy of your people. I pray for the love of your people. I pray for the glory of your people, Lord God. I thank you, Holy Father. I bless your name. I praise you. I magnify you. I thank you. You're showing yourself up strong in our lives today, Lord God. We have no reason to be anxious. We have no reason to be fearful. We have no reason to be worried, Lord God because we dwell in your shelter, because you love us, because your word says you will protect us, because your word says you will leave the 99 and come after us, because your word promises us a victory, because your word says that we can ask anything in your name, because your word is the truth because Jesus is the way, the truth and the life. So this morning, I just lift up your people before you, Lord God. Father God, I thank you that they are casting all their cares upon you, Father God, for you care for them, Lord God. I thank you, Father God, that your word is sword and shield, Lord God, and that they are using your word and they will be anxious for nothing. I thank you that your joy resounds through all the earth, Lord God, and even in the most unforeseen situations, Lord God, that they are learning to count it all joy and they are trusting you. My God, I thank you. They are anxious. The spirit of anxiety, no anxiousness, Lord God, that they are trusting you with your prayers trusting you that they will answer, that you are giving them the peace that girds them with all truth. Lord God, I thank you that they are trusting Jesus and for where they lack, Lord God, Jesus becomes the center, my God, of everything in their life. I thank you, Father God, today that they are trusting Jesus, that you are their anchor, that you are the weight, that you are the way, that you are the truth, that you are the light, Lord God. I thank you, Lord God, that they will begin to trust you with their desires, the deep de desires in the heart, the things that they have not spoken to anyone, Lord God. My God, let their trust be in you today, Lord God. Let their trust be in you today, in Jesus' name. Amen. 
So anytime I I pray repetitively, especially about anxiety or something in particular, it means that people are probably dealing with some anxiety. So my prayer for you this morning is that you just cast your cares on him, that he give you wisdom, knowledge, and discernment that you need for this next season in your life and that you not be overwhelmed, consumed. We serve a good, good father and he's not going to put you in any circumstance. He's not going to put you in any situation and not provide the wisdom, the knowledge you need or the understanding or the discernment, right? Yesterday we started talking about, um, Habakkuk, we were in Habakkuk and Habakkuk had given us instructions to write the vision and to make it plain. And so we, we learned some things from God yesterday about writing the vision and making plain. We learned what vision is. We learned that God has a vision for our life. Um, and I told you yesterday, when people tell me they don't understand are not clear in their purpose, then I really understand. I know that they don't understand what the Bible says about them or what's the purpose of man. And I told you yesterday, you're un dying purpose is for God to get the glory out of your life. That's it. And he does get it through your gifts and he does get it through your talents. That's why I don't ever want you to just work a job, right? That's why God doesn't ever want you to just work a job because when you work a job without clarity or without purpose, you'll just kind of lull into that thing and you won't be effective in the place or the position you're in. God never called you to a place to not be effective. God never called you to a place and not provide provision. God never called you to a place and that would not provide protection. That is not the kind of God we serve. And so, and so God is saying to you, I need you to write. I'm going to give you vision. I'm going to give you clarity. I'm going to show you and give you an example of who you are and whose you are and how you should be attached and what you should do and where you should go. And so today I just want to admonish you that you're going to need sight right? You're going to need sight for this leg of the journey. And I want you to start praying and asking God for sight. Let's go to Exodus. I want to read something to you. When God was showing me this this morning, I was like, God, this is so, this is so powerful. You're going to need sight on this next leg of the journey. And if you ask and pray and ask God for sight, then guess what? The enemy doesn't get to heckle you. He doesn't get to lie to you. He doesn't get to confuse you. He doesn't get to have you overwhelmed and consumed. A lot of times we'll see part of the vision and we don't only see in part. And either when we see in part, we're going to act like when they were crossing over, we're going to either get scared because we can't handle the size or see big greats, right? Or we're going to take off because and not have enough information and not have enough wisdom and not seek God's knowledge on something. Uh, spiritual discernment is, come on, Holy Spirit, looks totally different than worldly discernment and worldly wisdom. And we cannot build God's vision with the things of this world. I'm not saying he can't use the tools, but I'm saying we cannot build God's vision with the things of this world. And so you need to ask, you need spiritual sight. You need spiritual sight. You need to see, be able to see things the way that God sees things on this next leg, leg of the journey. You cannot afford to be nearsighted. You can't afford to be farsighted. You cannot be, be afford to be short-sighted. You're going to have to have God's sight, his, his, his discernment for this. And we're going to talk about this. I love this. This is Exodus chapter 33. And this is the NIV version. And it says, uh, oh no, the New Living Translation version. I'm sorry. The Lord said to Moses, get going. You and the people you brought up from the land of Egypt, go up to the land I swore to give to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I told them I will give this land to your descendants and I will send an angel before you to drive out the Canaanites, Amorites, Hittites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites. Get, go up to the land that flows with milk and honey. Can I tell if you, if you don't understand anything else today, 
your, the position God has for you, the place God has for you is going to flow with milk and honey. It's going to have provision. It's going to have favor. It's going to have grace. It's going to have everything you need. So if you're attached to something and there's not provision and there's not favor and it's not flowing, then you need God's sight or vision or discernment about, am I even supposed to be doing this? Am I even supposed to be in this place? Am I even supposed to, because when God provides and God does a thing, there's provision in place. I love, I love this. It doesn't mean we don't have to change our attitude. It doesn't mean it's not the place, but anytime something is not flowing, there's something blocking. Anytime there's something not flowing, something is, something is blocking. I uh, used to have a pipe in my old house and when it would get backed up, it would flood everything and all kinds of junk would come out. So if something is not flowing, then there's something blocking. It said, go up to this land that flows with milk and honey, but I will not, I will not travel among you for you are stubborn and rebellious people. If I did, I would surely destroy you along the way. And I know somebody is like, why is God telling them to leave, but he can't go with them. See, God knew that they would do some things along the way that they didn't have any business. And he knew he knew without a doubt that if he went with them because God is holy, he would have to destroy them. He said, if I go with you, if I'm right, if I ride this thing out, you, if I'm going right before you, if I'm walking amongst you, if I'm dwelling amongst y'all and y'all act like y'all gonna act, I'm gonna have to take y'all out because I can't be in anything that's not holy. I can't be in anything that's not holy. I can't be attached to anything that's not holy. That's a word. I can't be attached. I can't be a part of something that's not holy. I cannot, the holy God that I am cannot be a part of something that's not holy. It says, so when the people heard these stern words, they went into mourning and stopped wearing their jewelry and fine clothes. For the Lord had told Moses to tell them, you are a stubborn and rebellious people. If I were to travel with you for even a moment, I would destroy you. Remove your jewelry and fine clothing while I decide what to do with you. So from the time they left Mount Sinai, the Israelites wore no more jewelry or fine clothes. It was Moses' practice to take the tent of meeting and set it up some distance from the camp. Everyone who wanted to make a request of the Lord would go to the tent of the meeting outside the camp. Whenever Moses went out to the tent of the meeting, all the people would get up and stand in the entrance of their own tent. They would all watch Moses until he disappeared inside. As he went into the tent, the pillar of cloud would come down and hover at its entrance while the Lord spoke with Moses. When the people saw the cloud standing at the entrance of the tent, they would stand and bow down in front of their own tents. My God, Moses built an altar to God wherever he went. He knew how important the altar was. Remember, we talked about building your altar. I hope you guys built your altar and you're spending that, that time on the altar. He said, so they, they would all watch Moses until he disappeared appeared inside. As he went into the tent, the pillar cloud would come down and hover at the entrance while the Lord spoke with Moses. When the people saw the cloud standing at the entrance of the tent, they would stand and bow in front of their own tents. Inside the tent of meetings, the Lord would speak to Moses face to face as one speaks to a friend. My Lord, <laughs> please speak to me face to face. Come on now. Afterwards, Moses would return to the camp, but the young man who assisted him, Joshua, son of Nun, would remain behind in the tent of meeting. Moses sees the glory of the Lord. One day Moses said to the Lord, you've been telling me, take these people up to the promised land, but you haven't told me when you, who, whom you will send with me. You have told me, I know you by name and I look favorably on you. If it is true that you look favorably on me, let me know your ways so I may understand you more fully and continue to enjoy your favor. And remember that the, this name 
nation is your very own nation. In other, in other versions of this, he asked, he asked him, he said, I need to, I need your sight for this. I need your sight for this. I need your sight for this. I, I need to know your ways for this. I need to be, to be able to discern you in this. I need to know who's supposed to go. Who's supposed to go with me? When's the last time that you asked the Lord, who's supposed to go with me on this leg of the journey? Getting frustrated with people, getting overwhelmed with people, being consumed by people because you haven't paused to even ask the Lord, who's supposed to go with me on this leg of the journey? Who am I supposed to be connected to? And so the Lord, the Lord said, I will personally go with you, Moses, and I will give you rest. Everything will be fine for you. Then Moses said, if you don't personally go with us, don't make us leave this place. Moses is making his declaration. I'm not going nowhere without you. I'm not going nowhere without you. I'm not going, if you're not going to be involved in this, I'm not taking them from here. If you're not going to lead us, I cannot do this leg of the journey without you. And he said, then Moses said, if you don't personally go with us, don't make us leave this place. How will anyone know that you look favorably on me and on your people? If you don't go with us for your presence amongst us, sets your people for your presence amongst us, set your people and me apart from all other people on the earth. And the Lord replied to Moses, I will indeed do what you have asked for. I look favorably on you and I know you by name. Moses responded, then show me your glory. <laughs> show me your glory. The Lord replied, I will make all my goodness pass before you and I will call out my name Yahweh before you for I will show mercy to anyone I choose and I will show compassion to anyone I choose. But you may not look directly at my face for no one may see me and live. The Lord continued, look, stand near the rock as my glorious presence passes by. I will hide you in the crevice of the rock and cover you with my hand until I pass by. Then I will remove my hand and let you see me from behind. And as Moses descended, see, that's when you know someone is in the presence of the Lord. When Moses descended, he had a glow about him. The glory of the Lord is upon you. And so what we can take from Exodus is we're going to need God's ways and we're going to need to know his sight and we're going to need his favor to go before us. And we're going to need him to be amongst us in this next life. We've already crossed over. He's given us the wisdom. He's given us the knowledge. He's given us the understanding. And today he wants you to increase your discernment and your sight, right? I got to have your sight in this thing. I cannot do this thing without your sight, Lord. I got to see this the way you see. Tell me who's supposed to go with me. Tell me who I'm supposed to be attached to. Tell me who's supposed to be a part of the vision. Who am I supposed to have in my circle? And I told you yesterday, if it's, if they're not leading you to Jesus and you're not leading them to Jesus, you need to evaluate the relationship is and what's going on. So he said to him, he's like, look, I need your sight for this because I've been too nearsighted. I've been too farsighted. I've been too shortsighted. And if I continue to operate in my own strength and without your sight, I'm going to mess this up. Second Corinthians five and seven says, for we walk by faith and not by sight. For we walk by faith and not by sight. We're not, his sight um, is not based on the things that we see. And a lot of times we want God's sight for things to look like how we see things. His sight might not look like we're being provided for when in fact he's like Elijah with the ravens and providing for us. Second Kings 6, 17. 
Elisha prayed and said, Oh Lord, please open his eyes that he may see. So the Lord opened the eyes of the young man and he saw and behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around. You need God's sight. You need to know his ways. You need his discernment. And I'm getting ready to talk to you a little bit about discernment in just a second so that you're able to pass by, go forward and move. You cannot do this next season without God. And I'm talking about God up in everything. And we'll say that we'll say, Oh yeah, you know, I thank God for this. No, I'm talking about God giving you wisdom, God giving you discernment, God giving you knowledge that you won't make a decision without God, that you might be asking God what type of groceries to buy. John, um, John, Proverbs 20 and 22 says the hearing ear and the seeing eye, the Lord has made them both. The Lord made your hearing ear and your seeing eye. Well, if your vision is skewed or your hearing is off, then you won't hear him correctly. Can I tell you something? Um, I, my spiritual gift is discernment. And I'm going to talk to you about the difference between that's one of my spiritual gifts between the spirit of discernment and just having discernment, having good judgment. And so when you have a spiritual gift of discernment, um, you see and hear things different. And a lot of times people don't even realize their eyes or ears are not open to things. They think that their eyes and ears are open to things. Uh, a lot of times we quote a lot of spiritual jargon, but because we quote a lot of spiritual jargon, it does not mean your eyes and ears are open to things. When your eyes or ears are open, when you have true revelation, uh, when you understand God, when you understand the character, the nature of God, when you understand to operate in Jesus sight, then it trans transforms you. When Moses hit the tent and came out with the glory of the Lord, every time you encounter God, truly encounter, you're going to change. Anytime you encounter the Holy Spirit and your eyes and ears are really open. When you drop, get off this devotional today, something should be better in you. Something should be better in you. So Acts 26 and 18 says to open their eyes so that they may turn from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins and a place amongst those who are sanctified in men. If I don't think how I'm living or what I'm doing is sin or offensive to God or my culture or my lifestyle has been my way of living. And because I feel like, um, I'm not doing what I would consider to be a big sin that it doesn't matter to God and my eyes are not open. And so you've got to have sight so that you don't fall into lust into diverse temptations. So, cause, cause I tell you something when elevation comes, temptation comes, when elevation comes, distraction comes, when elevation comes, uh, the enemy is coming for you. He is coming for your words. He is going to look, um, to see if whether or not you truly believe what you say. That's why I know it, you really just should be quiet a lot, right? Instead of trying to say a lot, trying to prove your spiritual worth. Psalms 146 and 8 says, the Lord opens the eyes of the blind. And that is not just physical blindness. The Lord lifts up those who are bowed down, broken and contrite. We've talked about that. And the Lord loves the righteous. My God, he's going to give you sight. If you begin to ask him, Lord, let me see this thing. You cannot fear or be afraid to ask him to let me see this thing. You cannot fear or be afraid and ask him to be able to discern or to be able to have the wisdom that you need in this next leg of the journey the uh, because the other part of this is he sends angels and we're going to talk about your angels this week and what your angels will do for you now let me talk to you about what discernment is because a lot of times people will say oh I'm, I got discernment or I'm discerning discerning things 
And when we're talking about discernment, we're talking about the ability to be able to judge well, but to also be able to apply, apply that judgment for your sight. Here's the one mistake that I know people make all the time. They always use discernment in reference to other people. They don't use discernment in reference to their self. So if you have discernment, then you should be discerning you before you discern anybody else. Come on, Holy Spirit. Your discernment should be before you, before it is for anybody else. So if God has opened your eyes, he's going to show you first before he starts showing you everybody else. That's just, he's not getting ready to have you picking people apart. He's not getting ready to have you judging other people's lives. And so he's going to show you you before he show you. That's when, you know, discernment is that you can recognize the moral and practical consequences of your decisions of your own decisions. He's going to give you discernment so you can recognize that. So you can say, okay, this is a moral and practical consequence. And if I make this decision, this is what result this decision is going to yield. This is what result this decision is going to yield. That's what discernment is. It's the moral and practical consequences of my decisions. And he's going to give it to you first before anyone else. Um, Discernment has always been praised as a valuable trait, right? But, and, and it's given to us so we avoid mistakes and misfortunes. So I told you in this journey, you have to ask, Lord, I need your sight. You can be making what looks like a sound decision. You know that scripture, it keeps coming up. Um, my ways may seem right. My ways may seem right. My ways may seem right, but they may have nothing to do with what God has for me in this season. And if I don't have his sight, if I'm not like Moses, look, I need to know your ways so I may understand you more fully and continue to enjoy your favor. Moses was no fool, even though we know he did some jacked up stuff because he let people who went with him pull on him more than he allowed the Lord. He wouldn't seek the Lord for every answer. He started handling things on his own thing. So the difference between the, so discernment is good. It's going to keep you from making mistakes. It's going to get, how do I increase my discernment? It's in the word. If you're not spending time in the word when people are like, oh my, see, we, people think discernment has to do just with praying or praying in tongues or whatever. Praying in tongues is only a part of it. Discernment has to do with what does the word say about the situation? What does the word bring me? What is the word telling me? If you ain't got no word in you, your discernment ain't off the chart like that. If you ain't spend enough time, if you don't know what the word says, your discernment, because your discernment comes from this. This gives you the ability to discern whether or not I'm something is truly from God or whether or not something is not from God. This is what's going to give you the discernment. This is what's going to give you the wisdom. And I told you, I always ask the Lord when he's given me something, back it up in your word, <laughs> back it up in your word, back it up in your word. I had made a decision. I was not going to get married again. I'm just going to be honest. I was like, I'm good. We can do this thing. I'm going to focus on you. I'm going to focus on ministry. When I started talking to him about, is it, is it your will and desire for me to get married again? He brought me to the word. He brought me to the scripture. He gave me from discernment that it was according to his righteousness, according to his plan for my life. God will give you discernment for everything. If you start trusting him more, more than you trust yourself. So there's the difference between the gift of discernment and regular discernment. I want to spend a lot of time on that, but there's a difference between that. The gift, regular discernment, every Christian, every person should have discernment. Now, gift of discernment, according to Romans 12 and 6, we all have different gifts, gifts, uh, gifts according to the grace that's been given to us. The gifts of the spirit are simply God enabling us. The reason we're giving gifts of the spirit is so God can enable us to do what we need to do. Second 
Peter 1 and 3 says his divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. The gifts of the Holy Spirit are part of the everything we need to fulfill the purpose on life. So if you don't know your gifts in the Holy Spirit, that's another area you need sight. Lord, show me my spiritual gifts. Lord, show me my spiritual gifts. Put me in a place in which my spiritual gifts can develop. Give me wisdom for my spiritual gifts. So the spiritual gift of discernment or the discernment of spirits or the distinguishing of spirits um, is a distinguished discern, a judge or an appraisal of a person, a statement, a situation or environment. Um, in the New Testament, it describes the ability to distinguish between spirits in 1 Corinthians 12 and 10 and also be able to discern between good and evil in Hebrews 5 and 14. The Holy Spirit gives the gift of discernment to enable certain Christians to recognize and distinguish between the influence of God, Satan, the world and the flesh in any given situation and the church, the body of Christ needs individuals with the spiritual gifts of discernment. So I'm going to tell you something on this next leg of the journey. If the spiritual gift of discernment is not your gift, you better have somebody attached with you, attached to you with the spiritual gift of discernment. That's, that's the person you take with you. That's the person you stay connected to. You better have somebody attached to you and connected to you with the spiritual gift. I ain't talking about a suspicion. I'm talking about a real spiritual gift of discernment. And you're going to know if someone operates in a real spiritual gift of discernment because of their integrity, because of their character and because of fruit that is displayed in their life. You're going to see the fruit. You're going to see the evidence of the fruit. And this is not a, a feeling. This is a spiritual thing. So when someone has a spiritual gift of discernment, the, pur the, the purpose of the gift is for you to be able to warn believers in times of danger and to keep them from being led astray and of false teachings. Right. According to John, the Damascus discernment, the gift of discernment is almost greater than any other virtue. So when we praying about what people to go, you cannot afford in this next leg of the journey. Thank you, Holy Spirit, to be connected to any. You need somebody on this team. You need somebody a part of your life that has the gift of discernment to know. I told you all that is one of my spiritual gifts. But I've had to learn how to let the Holy Spirit use that gift because when people text me or people are talking to me or people are writing me or people are saying things around me, my gift of discernment kicks in. They like they don't believe that or that ain't true or that's according to the flesh or that that's how the discernment works. And then you have to be able to manage that response responsibly and ask the Holy Spirit, do I share this? Right. Do I say this? What do I do? 99% of the time when you operate in the gift of discernment, the thing that the Lord wants you to do most is pray. I was praying for some people this morning. He was showing me some people this morning. He was, I was dealing with some conversations I had yesterday and he said, pray this. That's why I made a decision. I think it was either early last year or year. I don't pray without the Holy Spirit. I'm not praying without the Holy Spirit. I'm not praying in my own strength. I'm not praying according to my own discernment. Holy Spirit, I need you to pray through me because if you pray through me, I'm going to pray the right thing. I don't want to be praying for somebody water and they need smoke. <laughs> I mean, I'm, they need fire. I'm just being for real. I wouldn't be praying for you to be wet up. And God is like, no, they need fire to burn up the chaff in them. So 
That's the thing with the gift of discernment. That's what the gift of discernment, not all Christians should have discernment. All Christians should have the ability to judge something and to recognize whether or not something is attached to righteousness. And the way you get that is your word. But that gift of discernment, that's a special spiritual gift in order for you to have that gift. So when you're praying and asking God to give you sight, you need somebody that's going to be a part and attached to you with the gift of discernment because they're going to be able to warn you. They're going to be able to say, no, don't make that business decision. Don't go that way. They're not just going to appeal to your happy parts and your life and all this other stuff. You need somebody with that spiritual gift that can walk. If that's not your gift, that can walk in that gift, that that gift is also developed, that that gift is also mature, that that gift won't be exploited because guess what? That's going to give your vision and your life another level. That's going to give you another level of wisdom. Remember the scripture says in second, I mean, first Corinthians 13, I think it's like ninth or 10th. It says we all see in part. We only know things in part. And since we only know things in part, you definitely want somebody with the gift of discernment on your team. You definitely want to be solid with somebody. Hebrews 5 and 14 says, but solid food is for the mature. But for those who have the their powers of discernment trained by constant practice to distinguish good from evil, <laughs> to know whether this is righteous, to know whether or not this is the flesh, to know whether or not this is the world, to know whether or not this is Satan or to know whether or not this is God. So I'm praying and we need to pray for our spiritual sight to be open and, and to see things. We need to be like Moses. Look, I need to know your ways so I may understand you more fully and continually to enjoy your favor. Favor is going to come through God's ways, through God being able to dwell amongst you, to God being with you, to God being in your relationships. But I definitely would start asking and praying, who's supposed to go with me on this leg of the journey? Who is not supposed to be attached to me? It may be hurt. It may be hurt. It may be hard, but I'm telling you in this next season in your life, we've already crossed up. We're getting, we're crossed over. Who needs to stop right here? Who don't need to go any further, right? Who doesn't need to go any further for the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two edged sword, piercing to the division of the soul and of spirit of joints and of marrow and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. See Hebrews four and 12, the word of God is what's going to give you the discernment. It's going to pierce. It's going to tell you that ain't a God that ain't of me. I told y'all the Pharisees and Sadducees knew all the scriptures, knew all the edicts, knew all the process, everything that they did looked like God. And it wasn't even of God. Isn't that good? So this day, today's instruction, right? We get our fourth quarter instructions. God is visiting us is you better be asking him for sight. We need to be asking him for sight. We need to be asking him for discernment. Ask him for sight for everything. Lord, here's my business. I'm laying it before you. Come on now. Here's my ministry. Here's my marriage. How am I raising my kids? Is this to your approval? Show me your ways so that I can have your favor. Do you know if you ask God for his sight and ways into your marriage, into your relationship, into your relationship with your boss, he'll teach you things so that you can have favor with them. So you can have favor with your kids. And somebody's like, I don't need no favor with my kids. You do. Because when you have favor with your kids, they will honor you. 
They will respect you. They will do the things that you ask them to do. They won't sneak behind your back because you've obtained favor and your word is more important to them than the word of their peers or anything else. You want favor with everybody. Favor is when you run out and God steps in. You want favor everywhere. Favor has nothing to do with your merit. Favor has nothing to do with your degrees. Favor has nothing to do with your networks and your contacts. You need God's favor in, all, around, and through you. And rec Mo Moses recognized that. He said, I can't go no further without me. If you're going to tell us to leave, then you better go with us. And if you're not going with us, I ain't going nowhere. I'm going to stay right where you are. I'm going to sit right here until you make a decision to go with us. And usually what we do is God will give us part of the vision and then we take off. And we don't sit on it and we don't invite him to go with us and we don't invite him in it and we don't ask him really who should be attached to it. Can I tell you something? The enemy is very strategic and slick and he'll make you think something is God and you'll be just like the children of Israel. Know that been there in the wilderness for 40 years in circle, not producing absolutely anything, not producing absolutely anything. Well, that's it for today. That that's enough. I think that's enough for you to chew on. I think that's enough for you to eat on. Remember Hebrews 4 and 12, meditate on that. Philippians 1, 9 and 10. And this is my prayer that your love may abound more and more with knowledge and all discernment so that you may approve what is excellent. And so be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, right? Isn't that something? For the day of Christ, God will give you all this wisdom and he'll show you how to test it. He'll show you whether or not you need to. You just got to slow down. You got no false starts. You got to be willing to wait on him. Let me pray for you guys and let's get ready to get out of here. Uh, don't forget, you can you can give your offering online, thekeishamjohnson.com. Uh, we thank you for all that you do. Uh, what else? Anything else? Oh, Feed the Streets is November the 2nd. Don't forget about that. Don't forget. Oh, I sent out a special invitation for Pillow Talk Christmas. Um, I'm not doing a big blast. Those registrations are already coming in. Do not wait. That is December the 13th. And I hopefully, hopefully I'm going to have a special announcement for you guys this week as well. I love y'all so much. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for your word on today. We thank you, Father God, for discernment and also for the gift of discernment. I thank you, Father God, for your people. I thank you that your word is becoming the sword and that they are beginning to hunger and thirst after you like ever, 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 never, ever before, Lord God, that they won't make another decision without you, Lord God, that they are choosing, Father God, to invite you in everything, Lord God, that your way will be the only way, Father God. I'm asking you, Lord God, uh, to give us spiritual wisdom and insight so that we may grow in your knowledge of God. I pray that your, our hearts are flooded with light so that we can understand the confidence and hope in which you called us in Christ Jesus. For we are holy people and we are supposed to be a part of your rich and glorious inheritance. Father God, show us your glory. Give us your glory. Manifest your glory in every area of our lives. I'm telling you personally, Lord God, I can't do anything. I can't do ministry. I can't do kids. I can't do relationship. I can't do business. I can't do 
this devotional. I can't do radio. I can't do anything. I can't serve without you. I need you all up in my business. I need you involved in absolutely everything. I don't want to make any more mistakes. I don't want to be wise in my own eyes. I don't want to be on the wide path when I want to be on the narrow path. I don't want to do it any longer. So I'm invoking you, Holy Spirit, take over my life. Father, open the eyes of my understanding. Show me the areas in my life that do not align with your word so that I can become and walk in the fullness of who you call me to be. Lord, we thank you for Jesus. We thank you for Jesus and we thank you for the Holy Spirit. If there is anybody that has not received Jesus Christ, I'm telling you, I lived a life without Christ and it, I was a hot mess. I was a hot mess. I was a hot mess. I was on a path to destruction. I was on a path to hell. And guess what? I was going to church. I was going to church. I was on a path to destruction and a path to hell, going to church, acknowledging God, but really not saved. Didn't even know if I was saved. Didn't know Jesus. Jesus was not Lord and Savior in my life. And so if that's you, guess what? It's so easy. All you got to do is be like, you know what? I'm done with this life. I've been a sinner. I'm not going to be a sinner anymore. Jesus, I need you to take over my life. I need you to direct this thing. And I'm receiving you as Lord and Savior. And then get baptized and then get co co connected. You need to be discipled. You need to be properly discipled so that you understand kingdom. So that you understand kingdom and not just religion. Well, I love y'all so much. I love y'all more than you know. But guess what? God loves you even more. This is powerful today. Ask God for sight. Ask him for clarity, ask him for wisdom, ask him for knowledge. Don't be wise in your own eyes. Don't think you understand the nature of God because God will do things differently in each season. So you need to see God and you need to understand God and you need to know who's supposed to go with you in this next season. I love y'all so much, but more than I love you, God loves you more than you know. He loves you enough that if you request something for him from him, he's a good, good father and he's going to answer you. So I need you to do me a favor. I need you to go be loved today. I need you to be the extension of love here on this earth. Love is an action word. Love is an action word. And I need you to be the extension of him on this earth. Let someone experience the love of God through you today. Give somebody some hug. Don't be so focused on you. Be more focused on God. I'll see you back here in the morning, 5 a.m. Why don't you invite a friend in? Why don't you come to Bible study tonight? We're going to learn how to capture and put this mouth in control so that we can only produce good fruit. I'll see you back here in the morning at 5 a.m. Love, peace, and blessings. Thank you for tuning into our podcast. If you would like more information about LMJ Ministries, log on to LakeishaMJohnson.com today.